And so if it's difficult, you get rid of the dog, you hit the dog, you put the dog in the backyard, you don't approach it as a solvable problem. You approach it as a bad dog, mm -hmm. right? I think is the way the society is. You either have a good dog or a bad dog, but that's not true. You have a dog that has to be taught. Welcome back to Telltale Dog, the podcast. I'm your host, certified dog trainer, Elizabeth Silverstein. And I have with me again, Renee Harding, who has three dogs currently and has been a client of mine for about a year, a year and a half. Hi, Renee. Welcome back. How are you? I'm great, Elizabeth. How are you? Good. So last time we discussed how you found Telltale Dog Training, why you sought out training, who your pups are. And this time we're going to delve a little bit more into handling a multiple dog household. So just real quick, remind us of your dog's names and their ages. Okay. We have three. We have Bob, who is three and a half. Bonnie is two and a half and Diesel is two. So they're all about the same age. So you started off with Bob and then you added the two others pretty quickly after you brought him home. Is that, what was that about a year after we brought a year to a year and a half after we brought Bob home. Okay. And you had, had you, you'd only originally planned to bring home one dog. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And we discussed more of how you ended up with the two in the previous episode, but basically it was just like, yep, oh, you know, whoever, whatever's the fastest, more quickly, they're coming home with us. <laughs> here they come yes <laughs> so bringing home the two did you have concerns about integration how did you manage that I naively didn't consider integration it really didn't I didn't give it nearly the thought it deserved it deserved the rescue in hot springs the woman that runs that even asked, are you sure that you want to bring home a third dog, especially a husky that's going to require attention and exercise and she's been feral. And I was like, yeah, how hard can this be? I mean, right. I've taught little kids. It's, it can't be that big of a deal. And the first integration was diesel as a puppy with Bob. And even though you know, Bob was full grown, but as a Boston, he's smaller. And so then Diesel being a pit was a large puppy. It was interesting that two of them, I mean, like Bob really had no idea what to do with this creature that landed in on his turf. So there was a lot of snarling, a lot of growling, a lot of food guarding. And I was at my wits end. I mean, I honestly had no, I was like, okay, what have I done to myself? The rescue out of the ashes sort of stayed and sort of monitored a little bit just to kind of make sure that diesel they were more concerned of course about diesel being safe as the puppy and um they just kind of gave us a few tips and left it at that and then the woman in hot springs actually gave me some websites and it's like you know you really need to think you know <laughs> you really need to be aware that this can be hard i didn't give it the attention it deserved and we just kind of dealt with it as situations arose. I knew enough to know that, I mean, these are little creatures, which means that you can redirect and separate. <laughs> so those were my skills. 
that's all I had. And those are great skills. And I would say that kind of puts you ahead of a lot of people sometimes, because when we think about dogs, and I think our society does this too, is like, there's some really unrealistic expectations that are not our fault at all. We're told that you meet a dog, you fall in love and everything's perfect. So when there are issues, it can be really challenging because we don't really prepare for it. Or if someone tells you it's hard, what does that even mean? You know, so what, how can you prepare for something if you're not sure what that means or what that's going to look like? So for example, I recently brought home a third dog and I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be a challenge, but until you're in the midst of it, you can't even really understand what that means. And I was at my wit's end as a dog trainer, bringing home a third dog, especially a high needs dog. I would put my third dog kind of on par with Bonnie in terms of the needs and that's a challenge but yeah someone's like it's hard and it's like okay like I my life has been hard all right it's okay what does that mean and then you get in the yes. middle of it yes and once you I mean you know it's but like I said I mean having worked in nurseries and things like that one baby cries other babies cry mm-hmm. one dog barks other dogs bark except that when you're you know when you have a human child I mean we're conditioned obviously to go okay fine well we deal with it because it's a human and you find your way through it but our society looks at animals as objects and so if it's difficult you get rid of the dog you hit the dog you put the dog in the backyard you don't approach it as a solvable problem you approach it as a bad dog Mm-hmm. right I think is the way the society is you either have a good dog or a bad dog but that's not true you have a dog that has to be taught yes and that's really what socialization is and that was I'm reading the book puppy socialization right now and I think it's by Marge Roberts but I'll, I'll put that in so they talk about it socialization isn't just the dog meeting other dogs or the dog meeting other people it's socialization is showing a dog how to exist in a human world. They don't know how to do that naturally. And we kind of expect that somehow or for some reason of dogs, like they know how to speak English and they're just being stubborn and they're choosing not to. And it's like, okay, but do they really understand and how do they function? So like Bonnie being scared of men, maybe she was hurt by a man in the past, or maybe she was just overwhelmed by the situation or, you know, and there's some science, there's some scientific, scientific reasons why dogs can be less scared of women than men, but maybe she just never really had a chance to be around them and understand, you know, what, you know, what a man is or how to, you know, how to experience that. So, and we just are kind of taught like, just, you know, bring the dog home, throw it in, it'll be fine. And so we can really exasperate some of those fears and some of those how a dog interacts with the world if we um if we don't know how to because I think that's what it like how you didn't know what it was or how to do it so it it can be really hard to do it if you if you don't know and sometimes just going slowly with a slow integration for a process can really really help but what is that <laughs> you know what is yeah. that like? But I do have some trainers for this series that we talk about that a little bit more, but some of the things that are just like, if you can keep them separated for a few days, use your management, baby gates, bedrooms, all of that decompression through enrichment can really, really help. If Bob was stressed out, then maybe he needs to go be alone with, well, he can't be alone, but he needs to go be, you know, with Don and on a chew, you know, in the office, stuff yeah. like that. But that's just stuff, it's just stuff the average dog owner isn't even going to be able to think about or, you know, no, because the information isn't super readily available. 
or it seems like it isn't readily available. Yeah. It's the same thing with my literacy advocacy. The information is out there. You have to look. You have to know how to look. So true. That's, fair that's, enough. Yes. yes. No, you're right. You're right. And that's not true of, well, it just isn't, it isn't true of society, but also how do you, which site, right, has the reputable information. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes it can, you know, by the time you weed through that, your dog is 15 years old. Right. Yes. Right. And then there's also a confirmation bias, right? Of like, I think this is true. So I'm going to find the information that confirms what I think is true. Exactly. You know? So you can really get get into the weeds of it real quick, but I think you guys did a good job, and I and I think you also had some some really great dogs, and I I don't think I think it seems like Bob kind of figured it out. He had some big feelings, and are they now getting along pretty well? They are. It's interesting. It's been fun to kind of watch because Diesel and Bonnie definitely have more of that sibling kind of like, you know, similar in age sibling kind of interaction. Like they'll do things like if one of them's been outside for a while and he, and like if Diesel's been outside for a while and he comes in, Bonnie will always come in and they bump noses, you know, as a greeting. It's like, okay, everybody's okay. And they're the ones that are more likely to play. Bob likes to play, but Bob is almost like the older sibling, almost like there's, you know, like a five, say a five-year gap between like in human kids. It's that kind of, he plays, but at the same time, he's like the biggest, like the big brother that's also watching and reprimanding because he feels the need to um, act like the parent sometimes. Yes, I actually have that dynamic with my three. So the two youngest are little hurricanes through the house. And then my oldest, who's 10, is like, give me my space, please. And I think something might have happened when I left them alone recently because now my newest one, Rosie, she will give Jeeves a wide berth, kind of like those videos oh. of, of cats and dogs where like the yeah. dog is like, I cannot, she will just like, she won't even look at him. She won't even pass by him in the hallway. So something happened where they had a communication where he, I think he laid down the law and he's yeah. 20 pounds and she's 60. So physically there's no reason for her to be scared of him at all, but he is very um, opinionated and loud. So I think he was just like, I do not like this. And she's like, well, okay, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> so that communication can be a little amusing to watch sometimes. <laughs> so what are some of the things that you, you're you glad you did with the integration for the three? Bob does not have the separation anxiety mm-hmm. because he always has the other two diesel would probably be fine as like an only dog but he enjoys playing with bonnie you know like they get out and they romp in the backyard and things like that and then for bonnie i think that it's mellowed her out i think to sort of feel like she's part of a group like i call them pack naps sometimes we'll actually just like i can you know We'll go back like I, we, meaning I and the dogs, and I basically just declare that it's nap time and we all go back and they get on the bed with me and we all take a nap Mm -hmm. and kind of have our little bonding time. I think that, you know, I mean, so it's all gotten to where we have this coziness out of it. They're truly family. They are my children. You know, I have two human children and three very hairy children, (laughs) my Furbies. I mean, even when we first got Bob, I mean, people for the longest time, people would say, how many kids do you have? And I would say, I have three boys. 
and and then my brain would go no you don't you have two two boys and a dog <laughs> two human boys and a male dog oh okay fine hmm. all right fine I've got five children then mm-hmm. if we keep going with that it's been worth it there's a lot of yeah a lot of rewarding aspects to having those relationships yeah is there anything that you wish you had uh, done differently with the integration and bringing home three dogs Hmm. researched maybe more and prepared two things. One, I think is sort of a safe space for that was just integration space kind of, and where maybe the rules of the house were established within sort of that boundary first, instead of it being a, you know, you're free to roam about the house and do what you do, which just meant a lot of cleanup. (laughs) you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have kind of a typical schedule for the day? I know you mentioned nap time. We do when we, I mean, we first get it, like, I'm always the first one up in the house. And then, so I let the dogs out. Bonnie and Diesel want out. Well, I take that back. Bonnie always wants out immediately. Diesel sometimes will hang back, like maybe he'll, you know, to see if he can get a few more hugs in before he'll, he's ready to go out and he likes to sniff and check it out and make sure the backyard feels safe. There are no weird noises. There's no trash in the yard that doesn't belong, that kind of thing. And it, and Bob sleeps in because he sleeps under the covers. And so, you know, he has no idea that it's daylight and he'll just sleep. And then I take Joseph to school, come back and feed them. And by that time, they're usually ready for like some training too, right? They're, they've decided, usually by then, especially Bonnie, she's decided it's time for somebody to devote some one-on-one time to entertaining her. And so usually about the time I'm ready to try to get something done in on my list of to-do things is when she says, no, it's time to train now. She's the one that has the schedule. <laughs> it just occurred. I'm on her schedule, really and truly is the way that works. But they eat and we now do the we don't do the bowl bowls anymore either because, and so I usually end up spending about 30 minutes trying to come up with something that will entertain them while they're eating. We go about our normal day and then they, you know, they, they on their own, they take a mid-morning nap. They take an afternoon nap. <laughs> they take a before bedtime nap and then getting them down for bed at night is kind of like having little children actually, which cracks me up because for the longest time, Diesel was sleeping with Joseph in the tent. And now Diesel has decided that he wants to be out just in case he gets to sleep in my room. I mean, really, this is not much different than when like my human boys were little. It was really kind of more their schedule. Like I followed their schedule. Mm -hmm. I followed their needs. I think that's just maybe the type of parent I am. And these are just dogs are just children yeah I mean yeah and there's nothing wrong with like meeting your dog's needs I I feel like it's necessary to be able to work on behaviors and build that relationship and have trust that they know when they tell you they have to go body you're going to be able to take them outside or if you feed them I don't there's some weird social things too where people are like ah you know on on these terms but it's like you know these are just needs they have they're just needs and they're expressing them in the only way that they know how to 
Yep. I mean, barking is just communication. They can't speak. They can't hold up a handwritten sign that says, feed me, mm -hmm. time to pee. I need to go sniff. Yeah. I'm tired of my red toy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. they just, or, oh my God, mom, he just took my tug toy. Did you see that? <laughs> he just walked right by and took it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sometimes I call them perma toddlers but <laughs> yeah there are days when it's just like are we are we are we gonna get past this yeah. are we gonna get past this stage and then the next thing you know that's a different you know you've moved on to something else don't have to worry about them peeing in the house anymore unless they're sick you know you move on it's yeah. just like regular regular humans but it's funny to watch the difference like between for example like bob, um diesel and bob right even though it's only a year and a half difference in real years obviously in a dog's life that's huge and you can tell the difference in the maturity level and it's fun to watch and it's fun to kind of think of them in terms of like their what they would who they would be as a human you know or what stage they would be at as a human it's like oh my god we've hit we've hit the tween years especially that first year that can be that can be rough that was really rough and especially because like during bob's first year of life he broke his leg and then last year he broke the other leg and so you know so we've had the pleasure of dealing with health stuff like that in the middle of integration and things right because his activity what i mean he was relegated to zero activity for months and that's hard when you've got two younger dogs and when he himself he was young so he wanted to play as well he's got a lot of energy with the boston yes and i've read that they're supposed to be great apartment dogs mm -hmm. i don't know what apartment where i mean they can fit in an apartment dog in See? an apartment okay. <laughs> right. exactly but their personalities need more than that apartment Yes, I've, I've worked with quite a few Bostons and they are high energy, high needs, high intelligence across the board. They're not like little cuddle bugs that just curl up on a, on a pillow and sleep all day. They need to do stuff. So yeah, I'm not, they fit in an apartment. Yes. Do they yes. want to be in the apartment? No. <laughs> no. Well, Renee, I think that was all the questions I had. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? I don't think so. I can't think of anything. Yeah, well, this was great. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I'm going to do the little sign off again, and then I have a question for you at the end. Okay. This has been Telltale Dog, the podcast with your host, Elizabeth Silverstein, certified dog trainer in Central Arkansas, and my guest today, Renee Harding. Music has been provided by Jim Chiago of 7 Second Chance. Find more of his work on iTunes and Spotify, and stick around after the music for some final advice from Renee. Renee, before we sign off completely, do you have any advice to other dog owners who are considering adding another dog to their family? Do it, but make sure that you know what you're getting into with the particular dog and with the needs of your family, because it isn't fair to the additional dog if you don't have time for that dog or if that dog 
isn't compatible with whatever dogs you already have. Mm 